Hey, Steve, is this thing on? Hey, Jeffrey. Yes, it is. And look, there's more than three people here this week. Oh, there's four. That's amazing. I know. Wow, We've mapped real hard. We've mapped real, real hard. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Uncensored Radio Live. As you can see, I have the always amazing Mr. Jeffrey Emmett with us. How are you today, kind sir? Uh, I'm like getting all curly and crazy shit because of the humidity down here. I swore in 35 seconds. Yeah, go me. Um, <laughs> bye bye, monetization. I, I, bye. I discovered something really fancy this week that my children love friends. Like, oh. obsessed. Like, they sit there, stare at it, and they're laughing at jokes. And I'm like, I'm shocked that they're getting it. That I. All right, I'll take it. That's a win for daddy. <laughs> Look, we're going to discuss that later. Um, I have controversial feelings. I know, feelings. I can't wait. I have controversial feelings. Yeah, you friends. and I are going to uh, We're going to Ms. Vera, under, the, uh, under her eye of Judy, how are you today? Doing pretty good. Back to work. That kind of sucks, but it's a warm, beautiful day here in central New York. Sun's shining. Nothing's raining. We're good. <laughs> We're good. That's all she's <laughs> got to say. We're good. We're good. Sunshine and nothing <laughs> raining. Okay. And we have a brand new face joining us today. Um, oh, he's... <laughs> and he's changed his name on me just because I complained <laughs> about it. <laughs> we have a, a very special guest host. Um, this man is a man of many hats. Um, Tim, I'll let you... We'll, we'll just only one head. Apparently. Yes. <laughs> oh, look, it's <laughs> um, So, Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell our wonderful viewer about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm Tim. I've known Steve for a very long time. I'm not going to say how many years because apparently we'll out how old he is. Um, no, it's all right. It's all right. You can, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> uh, almost 30 years um, I've known Steve. And... Uh, uh, so I am a, uh, uh, a former minister of religion uh, and a current uh, maths teacher and someone who is uh, uh, training uh, to be a psychologist, a clinical psychologist at the moment. Yeah. And wants to be typically by the standard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, I live up in sunny Queensland. Yes, you do. Jealousy is jealousy is jealousy here. Uh, but you, yeah, like you've you've lived all over the world. You've been all over. Why don't you tell these guys a little bit about just the travels and what you've done in your life? Because look, there's probably a little bit of a book there, Tim. That we can oh, get to. I look. I think you know. I I think I'm a bit of a poster boy for ADHD uh, with careers. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I, uh, I left school early because I was kind of done with it and I went and became a chef to start with. So I'm a qualified chef and I, uh, I did that uh, hospitality, running restaurants for a while. And then I went, um, I'm, a, I'm the son of a, and a, a son and a grandson of ministers. And so after about 10 years of, uh, of hospitality, I went back to uni and I studied uh, biblical languages and theology uh, to become a minister. 
and then worked in the church, um, and uh, in particular, a very, very large church here in Australia, and toured as a musician with some uh, very big and popular uh, Christian music sort of uh, groups, and uh, and travelled around, lived in Fiji for a couple of years, do, uh, running a Bible college, uh, and then came back to Australia and decided I didn't want to do that anymore, and went back to school to become a teacher. Uh, and I've worked the last six years uh, as a math teacher and working particularly with uh, kids with learning disabilities. So I'm a specialist uh, in maths and uh, learning disability, uh, what we call SDLD, specific learning difficulties. Um, and now, now I've just moved up a bit further north in Queensland um, to sort of start my study and I'm working uh, in the uh, healthcare um, uh, sort of arena, working with people with disabilities for community engagement at the moment. So yeah, there's a lot there. He's all things to all people, but most importantly, <laughs> he knows me. So um, that, that's right. Yeah. Look, it's, it has is been, my favorite. It has been the defined. It has been the defining black moment in his life. You know that we met at primary oh, school. Absolutely. But, you know, <laughs> absolutely. When you let me sing the high parts in "I Can Show You the World," a whole new world. In, um, when we acted out Aladdin in your living room, you know that's when I knew we were going to be friends forever. Yeah. He wasn't Jasmine for long though. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> Work, Queen. Oh, Jeffrey, all right. <laughs> Jeffrey's going to be in and out. Oh, no. We're having, we're having I'm, I'm signal issues. No, no. He's just his internet. He's performing hate before. crimes and stuff against his internet. But that's okay. So, yeah, this is Tim. Welcome, Tim, Welcome. to the craziness that is UCR. It is a very intimate UCR at the moment. We're having um, – I don't know where the rest of our panel is. Or oh, well, Luke, um, our other regular producer slash panellist is – um on the front lines of COVID response in Australian nursing at the moment. So he's jabbing away, jab, 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 jabbing away at the moment. So Luke, if you're watching, we miss you. So hurry back. Yeah. I, I, I talk to him all the time, but um, <laughs> he hasn't been on the show for a little while. So I'm sure the, the public are missing him a little bit. Um, but yeah, we, and Vera. Vera's also a nurse, but she's, she's, she's American. You're American, aren't you, Vera? I, I'm married. I'm married to a nurse. Yes, yeah, see, there we go. I knew. See, I knew you're just a right fit, Tim. I knew it was. I knew it was right. I'm just a psychic wonder kid. So, um, look, we might as well give you a baptism of fire and jump into um, this week. Bring it. Hot load of hot topics. <laughs> Sexy time. I'm excited. <laughs> That's the general idea of hot load of hot topics is to get everyone nice and feisty. So, um, look, it's we did the heavy stuff last week. We did a lot of heavy lifting last week. We talked about God, uh, literally God. We talked about God. We talked about religion. We talked about violence. We talked about Palestine. We talked about all this kind of stuff. And then I'm like, well, now let's I'm talk not about sure like we'll talk like, out on all of those topics, but yeah, but look, <laughs> they weren't as prominent news stories this week. Oh, well, Palestine's oh, always I think got something going. Palestine was pretty prominent. Uh, they've always got something going on. <laughs> Whatever. It's a bit of land about a makeup story. Let's talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm starting off early. Sorry, everyone. 
But so the general, I was looking at our stories. I was like, the general vibe for this week is like millennials seem to be like, really, we're taking our place in society and like the the things, no, but the the good thing is the the things that we like and we liked as children, uh, we are now financing and it's coming back and everything's zeitgeisty and we're we're trying to change the world. I was like, that's kind of cool because I think, as I said before, I think in one of our specials, you grow up to be the, the, the villain in your own story, but now we're like the superheroes. We're like, yeah, everything we liked was cool, especially he-Man is coming back. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> so Masters of the Universe Revelation has been revealed. The animated series picks up directly where the 1985 children's show ended, but now geared towards the adults who grew up with the show. The plot apparently revolves around Tila, star as Sarah Michelle Gellar, up in Vampire Slayer, voice, uh, wow. voice, by the way, having to reunite the original heroes after a devastating battle between He-Man, Chris Wood, and Skeletor, Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill, y'all. Yeah. yeah. See, I would have thought. I would have thought for Skeletor, they could have gone with you know, like Angelina Jolie. She wouldn't need the makeup. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, leaves and that leaves Eternians, the Eternians scattered, uh, featuring other big names such as Alicia Silverstone, Lena Headey, and Justin Long. The series is headed by Kevin Smith of Clerks fame. Wow. And looks to be a big know, right? hit. It is coming to Netflix on July 23rd. Now, I have super Oh, now I can't wait. Gave up on Dolph Lundgren? <laughs> oh, poor uh, Dolph. Poor Dolph. <laughs> Leave Dolph alone. I tell you what, movie is that, that movie, that the original Masters of the Universe movie, is, for me, the pinnacle of good, bad cinema. Like, it is so bad but so enjoyable to watch. I like, loved it's it. It's just atrocious. Do you know what? Yep. He, a bit of a uh, bit of um, inside knowledge. The only competition that I've ever won at, in my entire life—actually, not the only, but probably one say. of the better ones—was um, for a a screening of Masters of the Universe when I was but a but a wee lad on like wow. Agro's cartoon. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't even Agro's cartoon oh. connection. It was Cartoon Connection. So I got twenty. 20 tickets to see Masters of the Universe. So, like, we just ended up getting them all and just, like, distributing them to people. I went in, saw Skeletor, cried. End of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, don't like it. Too scary for me. But, Fair. yeah, that was that was it. That's my tie. That's yeah. my tie to that. But, uh, I cried the, the, um, the cast. <laughs> yeah. I'll... Yeah. Uh, no, the cast in the in the new version—that's a lot of names from our childhood, isn't it? You know, a lot that's, of this is know, exactly it. Stone, There's so much know? going yeah. on. There's Mark Hamill. Justin, well, Justin mm. Long was in teen movies when we yeah. we were teenagers. Alicia Silverstone, yep. hello, Buffy, and Kevin Kevin Smith is my teenage years. So you know, <laughs> uh, Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, like this, like I, I, I was kind of trying to project that sort of arty, you know, kind of thing. You were trying to be and, woke know, as, like, oh. Uh, well. Before it was, yeah, kept, before it was yeah. cool. Before it was cool. I was skipping like. school to smoke cigarettes and uh, in the cafe and write screenplays. That was that was me. And so, like, Kevin Smith was my hero. Yeah. Um, Bad boy. <laughs> yeah. But speaking, speaking of emo stuff, 
Wednesday Adams is also finally being cast. So Jenny Ortega is it will be um will be Wednesday in the Tim Burton totally created and directed and produced and blah 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 series Wednesday for Netflix. Again, Netflix is killing it just quietly. Mm. We've, Netflix we've got, knows. Yeah, Netflix knows what the millennials want. <laughs> they but, have um, the most disposable income. It'll be interesting to see where that show goes. I, I I have a feeling they're going to kind of try and Sabrina it. So I don't know if you got, did you guys watch Sabrina? No. Oh, the, the new one? The new one? Or the old? No, I haven't seen the new one. Because it's very different. So it is, it is no, first of all, no talking cat, sadly. <laughs> actually, no, actually, Salem, Salem talks. I'm out. Two, I'm out. Well, Salem talks <laughs> in two episodes, but the new one is um, like heavily based in Satanism and like gore and blood and all sex and violence and all the good things. Yeah. So I, I think that they're going to try and make Wednesday kind of like hip and cool and and kind of groovy. So we'll see. We'll see how she goes. But yeah. yeah. How, like how much money do you want to bet, Betty? Sorry. And Hispanic, yes. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how much do you want to bet that he finds some way to shoehorn his wife in there somewhere? Oh, it course. is Tim Burton. <laughs> I yeah. said she's going to be but, grandma. But she, she, grandma she's magnificent, so she I hope is. he does. I do love her. I want her to be yeah. grandma, and I I really, I think Christina Ricci is, has to be Morticia. So I want I, I want that to happen. I making a deal where she was going to play Morticia. Well, look, there's been rumours, 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 but this is the first official casting for the show. So that's why we're talking about it, because we have talked about it a lot recently. Now, the other thing that we have talked about a lot, and Katie and Luke aren't here, so no one's really going to care, but I care. So this is why we're talking about it today. (laughs) The trailer has dropped for Fear Street, also on Netflix in July. Now, this is not one, not two, but three movies that are airing in three consecutive weeks over July. Uh, I am so excited. If um, So for those of you that don't know slash don't remember, Fear Street was R.L. Stein's other famous group, uh, famous like group of books. So um, Goosebumps is the more well-known one because it was for little kids. But Fear Street was the sexy teenage version. So it's like, ooh, <laughs> they're kissing and then there's murder and there's ghosts and vampires and stalkers and witches and all that good kind of stuff. So that's what The Twilight what, um, equivalent of Goosebumps, right? No, it's better. It's better. It's not as like emo. Well, like, yeah, so if it's better than Twilight... It- if it's better than Twilight, it has a plot. Uh, it uh, has believable characters, um, emotion in some oh, way, shape or form. No, 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 no Stockholm Why syndrome, you know. Just let art wash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I'm excited about it. Those books, I used to like devour those books, and it scans through like a lot of them. Um, it starts in 19, there's three movies. Starts in 1994, so it's going to be retro AF. It's going to be amazing. The, the second movie is 1978, mm. and the third one is 1666. So it is. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Um, I'm I'm already putting it out there now. So I talked about Luke. I talked it to that. Nah, talked about it with Luke, but now um, 
I've been letting Katie and Levitt know we're covering it on Uncensored Horror. So, boom, cross promotion for shows. <laughs> but we will be we will be talking yes. about Fear Street. So if you like Fear Street, we'll be talking about it. Um, well, I'm gonna keep going. I don't know where Jeff is. We're just gonna keep. We're just gonna keep rolling. Bring it. Bring gonna, it. He's having. I'll, I'll he's try having and be issues. like. <laughs> You just need to swear a lot and get yell. But that's all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> He'll get there. He'll get there. I'll try and pretend so, I'm up with pop, with popular culture. Yeah, you're a dad. You can't help it. It's all right. No. You got that, you got that daddy <laughs> shit. Well, well, look, we'll talk about this because Miss Karen Ashley used to be a co-host on the show. <gasps> Aisha is finally getting some decent action figures from the Power Rangers brand. Now, Karen, they did you dirty with your old with your old figures, but these ones actually look like her. So in 2021, we are getting um, two Aisha figures by the looks of it. So all our Power Rangers fans out there, which we have many, 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 because they have appeared on the show before, um, make sure you're ordering your Aisha stuff because – Look, they've done her right this time. They've got her with braids. They've got her with a side ponytail. She is good to go. I know Luke will be thrilled. Um, Actually, I think Luke posted that article. So it's good to see that 2021 is bringing accurate action figures to the market as well. Yay. I'm happy for that. PC culture gone wrong. (laughs) No, it's not wrong. She actually actually jumped Um, No, it's wonderful. (laughs) Because her her action... I feel so sorry for the girls. Those those early action figures were not cute for them, and it's only in recent times mm. now that Did now that us millennials. Come off? Yeah, well now now they do because the millennials want them to come off the era. This is the yeah. point. What we want, we and get. We're these in days. charge now. Yeah, era. <laughs> this is how we roll. You're, you're showing your, your <laughs> spending power. That's it. I've, oh, so speaking, good good segue. Um, you you guys are probably not going to care about this at all, but I thought it was hilarious. So um, <laughs> Victoria Beckham was um, not too keen on a gift that was delivered to her from young Justin Bieber. So Justin has a new line of clothing um, called Drew House, and he pulled a very bold stunt by sending Victoria Beckham lilac crocs embellished with cartoon animals for her to wear. She responded by posting them on her Instagram with a poll asking whether she would wear them. Will I be wearing the crocs, she wrote. Well, that was close. I think I'd rather die. But thank you anyway, (laughs) at Justin Bieber. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the former pop star remains in the news by giving her customers of her fashion brand the option to have their clothes delivered to their door in a dedicated van so they can try on the pieces in the comfort of their own home whilst she remodels her $6 million farm cottage. It really is a simple life, isn't it? Uh, look, not if you can't wear Crocs. <laughs> she's got them spice millions. She can do whatever she likes. But I found that I, I found it hilarious that she put it to a poll. I think forty two percent of people wanted her to wanted her to wear the Crocs, but she's like, "Oh, I'd rather die." I'm like, "That I, that's Victoria." Forty two percent of people voted ironically. I'm kind of shocked to say this, but I agree with Victoria. I'd rather never wear a crock. I just got ugly. Well, look, 
I look, everyone tells me that they're super comfortable and whatnot, but I can't imagine they're like rubber shoes. I've seen too many nurses hit a patch of wet and go and down then, on their <laughs> bum. They are That's out. Come on. They are not safe and they're butt do, ugly. Do you know, as a shit. As a chef, as a former chef, you know they've released a steel cap version of Crocs. Um, so sh there are a bunch of chefs wearing them in kitchens right now. And I can't imagine anything worse either. I, no, no, thank you very much. Uh, yes, I love no. a kitchen clog. Oh, <laughs> who doesn't love a kitchen clog? Oh. <laughs> I, never, I never got them. I, I, I had the um, I had the the Blundstone ones. Oh, yeah. cause you're a real man. I'm yeah, yeah. screw the beard. Yeah. old seventies white nursing shoes than Crocs. Oh, yeah. you look like you. Vera's <laughs> got those shoes that look like she was going to be murdered by a serial killer in the seventies. <laughs> oh, speaking I of, to, I only had to buy them for graduation. Speaking of, did anyone watch? I don't have, I don't even have the artwork here. But did anyone watch? Has anyone watched Sons of Sam on Netflix yet? I yeah, I'm on. Uh, I'm on episode two. I literally started watching it this week. But I am um, in this panel as I remember Son of Sam. Exactly. Well, this is wow. what I wanted to talk to you about because you're in New, you're in New York State, so you weren't necessarily mm -hmm. in the hubbub of it. But uh, yes, and. To be talk, to talk. This is what I wanted to talk about it. I want to talk about it. So, what, what was it like, Vera? What was it like in the 70s living in that? <laughs> well, I was not that old, <laughs> but I was delivering newspapers. So, I read it every night while I was delivering the newspapers. I'd read the headline and drop it off. So, I, but it was kind of scary, you know. I wasn't old enough to be in Manhattan by myself. So, I don't, I never lived in that fear. But we do have a state penitentiary in my hometown and son of Sam was here for probably 15 years during his incarceration. There you go. Look, I know, she's got the inside goss. Yeah. I was, I was completely blown away. Watch, just watching the first episode and um, they were, you know, um, when the shooting started to happen and one of the effects when they were interviewing hairdressers, because there are a bunch of women going and getting their hair dyed um, uh, if they had short brown hair because that's who he was targeting. Yeah. And it was like, wow, it was like that much kind of in the forefront of people's sort of daily um, lives. I just have to interrupt everyone because we talked about this movie the other day on um, Uncensored Horror. Ace lives in the town, near the town that dreaded Sunday. Ace is near Texarkana. Like, so that's... Apparently, it smells like farts because of the paper mill. But anyway, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, wow. I love it. I was I tested the waters with the true crime thing, and no one really bit. So, like, but I'm all about, I promise you, I don't go to that park. Ah, oh, Ace, why are you so funny? Look, he's a funny boy. He's on Lover's Lane. We all know it. We can see you, Ace. <laughs> maybe we have to talk to, maybe we can get Ace to do some, find some old folks and, Although they'd be dead by now because that happened a long time ago. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> look, he's he's engaging. Oh yeah, the smell does get bad. <laughs> it's a paper mill. It happens. Um, but yeah, no, I found that I found it a really interesting documentary. It it jumps around a lot, so you got to actually pay. It. It's one of those ones where you got to like pay attention. So rude. Mm -hmm. But um, 
I did reach out. I did reach out to a guest that we nearly had, but his his book is being made into documentaries now as well, so he's he can't do interviews. But I'm not going to tell you until the documentary airs as to who it is. But I would have dropped dead. Uh, Vera, Vera, you probably would have too because I'll tell you who it is off air. Okay. Fun fact <laughs> Fun about fact. our little local penitentiary. It was God. the first place that they used uh, death by the electric chair. Ooh. There we go. Yeah. Vera creating history. Like no I didn't business. create it. That was way before. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Although, um, look. Yeah. Go tip. <laughs> No, no, no. I, 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 um, because I've, I, I'm obsessed with these true crime shows and serial killer shows and stuff. Uh, um, it's sort of my guilty pleasure with Netflix. I've gone through all of them, um, and so like I was, you know, talking about the electric chair. I, you know, being Australian, we we haven't had the death penalty uh, in our lifetime for a very long time. Uh, but I, I noticed that um, I was just looking up some stats that. Uh, in um, uh, uh, Oklahoma, uh, last year, 2020, um, someone was put to death with, uh, by the electric chair. I, like that blew me away. I thought it was all uh, yes. lethal injection. Now and, and, uh, it just seems in so Texas, they also executed what, crazy a man with developmental disabilities last year. So there was somewhere in the news this week that they've um, they've allowed firing squad as an option again as well. So you know. <laughs> Uh, Time is a New flat York circle. State, <laughs> I do live in a, in a very liberal state, though I don't live in a very yeah, liberal well. area. In New York State, the death penalty has been illegal for almost my entire life. So no one was executed by the electric chair in my lifetime. But the yeah, old-timers would talk yeah. about it in town. Wow. The old folks it's so, it's just so, it's so, yeah, for, it's so foreign, you know, to... Yes, us, I, you know, I wish like, it was foreign to everyone in this country, but apparently mm. not. <laughs> Didn't happen. Mm. Well, look, we're going to go from um, one legend to another for quite different reasons. Um, Sebastian Stan and Lily James will star as Tommy yes. Lee and Pamela Anderson in the autobiographical series based <laughs> around their sex tanks drama, now in production for Hulu. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how much more of the two we will see when the series debuts. Now, this photo recreation is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Um, she I also has jumped and jumped into the red, the uh, red swimsuit for Baywatch, and looks pretty damn close to Pamela Anderson. So I hear that uh, Courtney Love's been complaining about it. She doesn't oh yeah, Courtney. Make fun Ooh. of her homegirl, but. Courtney, um, Courtney has had a bit of a resurgence lately. She's um taking control of her daughter, um, of her social media. She's running her own Facebook now. So, Courtney, I think Courtney's um, yeah, slowly. Well, didn't coming her back. daughter emancipate herself from her mother at one point? Oh she yeah, their the... their relationship, their relationship is a whole show within itself. I actually saw Courtney in concert not long ago or not long ago a couple of years ago now i think it was 2018 2017 and look i was um surprised i thought i don't know if it went whether it's carryover from the night carryover from the 90s and like everything we know about courtney love but i was like this is going to be a fucking car crash <laughs> but she 
She played yeah, for nearly two and a half yeah, hours. She was pretty good. And I remember. Yeah, her. she was. She was great. When she, when uh, Kurt Cobain was still alive, I remember uh, hearing her music then. And uh, I also think Ho- she was. Hole? Was that her Hole? band? That was the band, yeah. That is yeah. Hole. Yeah. Come on, Tim. This is Hole. prime our age. You should know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was just, I was just checking. Well I was, yeah. With her acting chops. She did a couple movies. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, she did People vs. Larry Flint. Yes. And she was she really did an amazing. Movie. She did an amazing. She did which she really got. Good. She, she, she got um, nominated for Oscars and Golden Globes for yeah, that, didn't she? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So. Um, she also did one of my favourite movies that I watch every year on New Year's Eve called 200 Cigarettes, which was the first ever MTV movie. I actually like that movie. <laughs> yeah. Not going yeah. on the B, Val. I love it. It bombed in the box <laughs> office, but I liked it. It is, it is like I watch it every year. It's one of those movies that I watch every year I, and it fills my heart. I can't pretend to, to be that devoted, but I did like it. I just and, and the, the cast is amazing in that movie. Yeah. Like, oh, who are these? Like just Janine Garofalo and Jay Moore and Kate Hudson, Ben Affleck, yeah. Courtney Love, um, yes. Paul Rudd. Like all these people that it, that would turn into huge stars, and it's just like, oh, um, yeah, Plimpton. Anyway. What's it? Martha Plimpton is in. Martha Plimpton is amazing she in that is. movie. <laughs> I I live for Martha Plimpton. Elvis um, Costello is in it. Elvis Costello oh, is in it briefly. Yeah. We can't we can't spoil it. Christine, Tim, have you seen it? Have you yeah, seen uh, yeah. have you seen it, Tim? Absolutely. Dave Chappelle's in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dave right. Chappelle. I'll have to check it out again. It is it look yeah. I can't. It's, <laughs> he was Elvis Costello was here driving it, dragging a dead girl around the party. That movie is it. It just encapsula- encapsulates 1999 perfectly. I, 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 it's like such a time capsule of that I, time. I it's really good. And she was brilliant. She was brilliant in that movie. I thought like her her acting chops should. Oh no, she did a movie with Charlize Theron called Trapped. Oh, where, I remember that, one, that. But I where she, she was I like she was, was the one of the bad guys, and oh yeah, that shit was great. But all right, we. I can't even believe I didn't lead with this because if we're talking <laughs> about if we're talking about movies that are amazing that that are a once a year watch, this was announced like a couple of hours ago. It's finally official, bitches. Hocus Pocus Ooh. Two is coming, yes. starring Bette Midler, Kathy the Jimmy, and Sarah Jessica Parker as the Sanderson sisters. Now that it'll, it'll I make a point of watching every year. <laughs> It'll debut in the fall of 2022, just in time for Halloween on Disney Plus. I'm sure. Talk like talking about something that was a a box office bomb that turned into a cult. Like cult I, don't, I don't even I don't know someone who doesn't love this movie. Like Mr. Devos was mm. panned when it first came out. Exactly. So mm. there's no accounting for taste, really. But I'm so excited for this. Well. Like, it's been rumored for so long, like it's and it's actually happening. They're in it. They're gonna be themselves. It's like, ah, oh. yes, the Sanderson yeah. sisters and Beetlejuice. Oh, thanks, Ace. <laughs> yeah, Be- Ace wants Hocus Pocus and Beetlejuice. I don't know if we'll ever get Beetlejuice too. It's been in development hell for seven hundred years. Beetlejuice, the musical though. The musical is pretty cool. Yeah, musical the musical pretty is pretty cool. cool. It was actually but, yeah, the best I'm musical so... I saw on Broadway before COVID. Oh, I'm jealous. 
Yep. Oh my god! Speaking of musicals, and I wasn't going to talk about this, but hey, it's three of us. We're all vocalists here, actually. <laughs> um, oh! did, you, did you see the trailer for Dear Evan Hansen? Evan Hansen. No, but I love <laughs> that show. It's a great show. Oh my I, gosh! I'm so I just, excited. I said I just went. I can't go to the movies to see that because I will do when I hear the first like couple of bars of you will be found like this <laughs> like i can't i can't oh. i, I won't be watching oh, um, like, together we'll cry uh, together but waving through a window is like an anthem yes. for like social anxiety and oh, I, yeah. uh, that that musical hits me right in the heart um yeah. i'm really That's excited good. to see it come to... i'm excited to see it mm. So I did hear that Benjamin Pratt yes. was a, was a yes, hey, sorry. dickhead during the filming or during the run of the show. Oh well, look when you when you like when this when you're the star, I guess you can act however like however you like, can't you? <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about that, but I was like, oh and my he god, was preserving his chops. Jeremy Hansen. Um, one more thing that I'm super excited about because it's super retro, and then we're going to get into some more serious topics, um, guys. Scream Five is coming soon, and I'm super excited about it. So <laughs> Courtney Cox, <laughs> Courtney Cox was just recently on Drew Barrymore's talk show, um, and she, her statement was, "This is the fifth one, you know. It's not Scream Five, though." She assured her former co-star who portrayed the original movies' first victim, Casey Becker. This is Scream. These directors, I mean, God, the directors, Matt Bertolini, Olfin, and Tyler Gillette are incredible. It's a new franchise. It's hip. It's scary. It's just a new scream. It's not a reboot. It's not a remake. It's just a brand new launch, and I think that it's going to be fantastic. So we still have to – it was originally already supposed to be out, but, you know, a global pandemic happened. Scream 4 uh, – Scream 5 uh, – no, sorry, Scream, we're just calling it. Opens January 14th, 2022. That movie, along with Clueless, probably defined my teenage years. So I mm. cannot wait. I am moister than an oyster about probably it. Probably give it a miss. <laughs> Vera, look, oh, yes, some, sorry. Hey, look, <laughs> Go, Tim. I, I, look, I, I, agree, I agree on Clueless. Um, I, I recently, I've got two teenage daughters, and so I, I recently showed them Clueless. Um, you know, under the guise of it, uh, it, it being Shakespearean uh, <laughs> and a work of art, uh, it is. It's it's taming it the is. shrew. Um, I know. Uh, and, and and it's and it's amazing. Done. So you did you did parenting work. Yeah. Good work. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm making up for last year. Uh, uh, I uh, Madonna. Oh, the year before last, Madonna was a um, a guest on. Uh, on uh, the Eurovision he Song returns. Contest, which we're we're. Is he oh, away? Jeffrey Evett. Oh my God, I can finally hear you guys, but I still think it's on a delay. No, you're good. I can hear you. That's all right. Bye. We can hear you. We can see you. It's, it's okay. With your voice. I'm sorry, Tim. Continue. Tim, sorry. No, no, that's all right. No, no um, yes. yeah. So, uh, yeah, year before last, Madonna was a guest artist for the Eurovision Song Contest, which I'm a bit mental about. It's actually uh, the finals on actually tomorrow. And I'll be getting up early to watch it. But um, uh, and my my children saw Madonna's performance and went and said, "Who's that?" And I have never felt more ashamed and more like a bad parent in my entire life uh, when my children didn't know yes, who Madonna was. 
And I immediately stopped the broadcast and we turned YouTube on and we went on a Madonna tour uh, to make up for it. But uh, I have I felt deep shame uh, at <laughs> my children not knowing you, you have who Madonna that. was. Oh, absolutely. But I did I did look to set it straight and we spent an hour on YouTube casting um, Madge's greatest hits to our TV and dancing around their living room, which was amazing. I actually do remember I actually do remember remember you messaging me going, I think I failed as a parent. My children don't know who Madonna is. I was like, <gasps> That's right. You had one job. One job. Yeah. One job, Tim. One job. Now Jeff, I've I've held off on it because I, I wanted to know your opinion, but we just talked about Courtney Cox, so we've got to talk about this that is happening very, very soon, like next week on HBO Max. The Friends reunion is finally happening. So I know you got a lot of feelings, Jeffrey. You go. I feel like we have to cancel next week's show so that we can all watch it at the appropriate time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a holiday for me. This is a big deal. <laughs> Pass. Kids are obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with it. Oh, I'm in. I'm but in. I'm game. I was um, a little shocked when I saw the people interview and the footage that they released. I thought it was a very interesting choice on their part to have David Schwimmer talking about people going through hard times and being a phone call away, immediately followed by Matthew Perry seemingly having some trouble talking. I have not seen the trailer, but I am excited to see the show. Oh, it wasn't the trailer because the trailer, Matthew doesn't talk at all. He's really like not in it. Or he might have said, I'm going to cry now. But that was it. It was very short clips of him. But the people interview, I feel like everyone else spoke. Yeah. And literally, he goes, I think I'm going to cry now. But it wasn't it. I was like, okay. Yeah, that wasn't slurred. That didn't sound crazy. Where this people interview, and it's like, why would you pick that clip out of all of them? Why? Why wouldn't you just cut him out of the whole damn interview? Because, you know, people is the pinnacle of journalistic integrity. It's just at this point, like with our culture right now, we're still, we're still going to use somebody's demons because if he hasn't had a stroke or there's not a medical reason, then we're going to just use his demons to try to get more attention to our magazine. Like for shame on you people magazine for shame. Well, I do wonder here, here. if this didn't come about because he's the most insolvent of the six. Not re- I mean, girl, they just made $20 million off of uh, friends this year. He's not hurting for money. Here. He's got dough. He's got dough. Oh, yeah, they've got- They've got they've got the merchandising oh, and the rerun rights yeah, sorted. But, um, oh, the the, the I, tail I think end on reruns for them. I think it's yeah. medication. I think he's on something. Where that money dwindles to nothing. It's because the show keeps going up in popularity. So when Netflix had the billion dollar deal deal with Warner Brothers, they all made twenty million dollars just wow. off that. Yeah, like they were smart towards the end of that show. I feel like I'm gonna say Courtney Cox. They give themselves in, yeah. Talked the other five into collective bargaining, Mm -hmm. and said, "Yes, dear." I'm gonna be controversial. All right, I'm clenching. Not really a fan. (laughs) I'm not really a fan. The fuck up. I wasn't. I didn't (laughs) see it when it was on TV because it was when it was on TV. 
When it was on TV here originally, it was Monday nights. And I wasn't home Monday nights. No, I was, well, I was, I was, I was in the dance studio every Monday well, night. You were in like, like fifth grade too. Nine o'clock. Started, right? Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I didn't start watching funny. until it was, you know, a few years in. But I can I remember actually... not having a TV in my room. I had a radio, and I remember like the commercial for Friends coming on about this awesome new show. You know, like it was in its first season, and the radio, like you know what I mean. Like it was a huge. People were talking about it on the radio. I watched it. Yeah, look, I know, show. I know, I am kind of so in the minority. And it oh. was, it was the Thanksgiving show, was the very first season. Mm-hmm. Where naked fat guy, and he, they talked about him being the Play-Doh Fun Factory in his hammock, and I was all by myself. I don't know where everybody else in the world was, but I was so laughing my ass off alone in my apartment and my little 13 inch TV. And I kept talking it up to all my friends. I was like, oh, you gotta watch this show. It's really funny. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll catch it. And like, nobody watched it for another year. Except me. And then boom. <laughs> yep. Well, here's the thing, like watching it now, I think why like the kids get it is because they're making fun of each other. They're picking on each other's lives and situations. It's not, oh, Clinton did this or, you know, even the Golden Girls is very much like if you don't know stuff from the 80s, you're going to miss a lot of the jokes. Where Friends is very the much. Golden Girls is un- the, the Golden Girls is untouchable, untouchable biblical excellence. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I love the Golden Girls. If you want to know how to make a sitcom, you need to watch Golden Girls. That's all. better. Yep. I'm going to say. Yeah, it's a tour de force of feminine comedy. Work. Yeah. Thank you, Queen. I love all right. my Golden Girls. So we're gonna... It's amazing, but, mm. but it's a shame what they're doing to Matthew Perry. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we're going to jump into some Vera territory now. The, the fluff is over. Um, <laughs> Vera, what do you yeah. think of our friend Kevin McCarthy announcing he will not support the January 6th commission given the political misdirections that have marred this process given the now oh oh god duplicitive I can't speak uh, potentially counterproductive nature of this effort and given the speaker's short sighted scope that does not examine interrelated forms of political violence in America I cannot support this legislation uh Kevin McCarthy Go. <laughs> is a douche canoe. This son of a bitch talked John Catco into negotiating this commission. John Catco is my representative. He's a Republican. I did try to get him unseated when he was running, but hey, you know, he does he does represent my area. He did <laughs> in good faith make a bipartisan agreement at the direction of Kevin McCarthy and this fucking douche waffle turns around and says, I don't know where this came from. This is bullshit. Kevin McCarthy is a two-faced weasel who needs to be run out of town on a ramp. There. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Did you see, did anyone see um, Tim Ryan's response? Yeah, wasn't that brilliant? That? Wasn't, wasn't that immaculate? And it was mm-hmm. absolutely, it was scathing and on point and you know, uh, yes. uh, how many billions do we millions to be spent on Benghazi? Exactly. Uh, um, you know, and we we can't we can't when we have a nationally televised insurrection, we can't we can't 
have a bipartisan support for it. It's insane. I know. Um, how much did they spend looking for their woman's emails? <laughs> oh, like, but how like, much we just, money we... did Ken Starr spend finding that cum stain on Monica Lewinsky's dress? Yep. Talk about your <laughs> witch hunts. Oh, the hypocrisy is, it, it, it oh. stinks to high heaven. Absolutely. All right, I love it. Thank you for saying hypocrisy because we have we have to talk about another douche canoe. Um, <laughs> oh, Joe Rogan oh God. says giving oh, into the woke mob <laughs> will relate and will result in straight wow. white men not being allowed to talk. Now, Vera, I'm gonna uh, take I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to start with. This topic got a lot of um it generated a fair amount of conversation on the page if you don't understand why feeling victimized as a straight white male is an issue then you're the problem you're the asshole <laughs> you 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 need to go and educate yourself oh. it's not it's not a poor me moment there are minorities of race sexuality gender what financial barriers, all this kind of stuff that suffer and the whole world is just set up for the last couple of hundred years that if you're white, straight, have a job and a man, hey, go for everything I, is everything is aimed at you. I'm not going to get any further because I got the a genetic to myself the other day, but Vera, you can start. You uh, go for it, girlfriend. Straight white Americans. <laughs> yeah. Is there any more put upon group in the whole world? Jeez. <laughs> Oh my god. I know, People, they're so talk unfortunate. About snowflakes. They control the majority of wealth in this country. They control the majority of resources in this country. And now that other people are speaking out, oh, poor me, we're being silenced mm. by the woke mob. Fuck uh, you. That's what I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> She's so you know, fresh. I don't know, but uh, do you guys have have any? Do you have any kind of uh, sets of rules that if if a person displays one one of these behaviours, like it's off, we can't be friends. Um, and for me, if they say I was listening to Joe Rogan the other night, <laughs> we can't we can't be friends. Like it, like I like my respect level for that person has dropped so low that I, I'm not listening to. Them. I'm just like, look at your stupid face. I, okay. I can't even <laughs> listen. Listen. <laughs> Um, I like Joe Rogan. Not I don't like his politics or his bullshit, but I like his celebrity interviews. Like he said, some people I know on there, and I think he knows how to have a conversation, and he can keep things moving. But he gets off into his wacky tirades, and it's a little rough to listen to. It's like hanging out mm. with Kirstie Alley, <laughs> who now regrets endorsing Trump. Did you catch that? I am not. And look, it is. Told, it is. My, my whole issue is. Oh, things are falling down. Yeah. Anyway, my whole issue <laughs> is. Did that, your um, vagina fall out? It did. My <laughs> whole issue out? is that this this straight white male gaze that has, you know, proliferated everything for the last couple of hundred years yes. negates anyone else's story. And like, you can't, you're, it's like we're not entitled to have a feeling about anything because all we're doing is complaining. It's like, I'm sorry, straight white males. 
Did you have a disease that was killing like millions of your people? Do you, were you deprived mm. schooling because of the color of your skin? Da 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 da. Because you're a female, are you earning? But I do yes. own slaves. Thank I you. Hang gay people off the of building. <laughs> <laughs> Mexican Americans were denied the vote, the vote yes, in this country. Well, until the anyway, um, wait, no, that's the best part of all this. Now is they're all like, I don't want to show my vaccination card. I don't have to. Blah blah blah. It's yeah. Mm. <laughs> so you want to be undocumented now? That's cool. Their rights, Jeff. Don't you step on their rights. But they can step on everybody else's. Oh, well, look, yeah. I think why they're in, that's why they're being <laughs> they're my right. Look, everyone gets a gun and everyone gets an opinion. As as someone as someone who who is formerly very religious and has been in the religious sphere for a long time, the absolute need of religious white people to feel oppressed or to identify as as they're being oppressed and it drives me insane like the reduction of your privilege is not oppression all right <laughs> so the <laughs> and this I, my it's own like they have it's like they have fomo for oh, being a victim listen you gotta yeah. tell karen they're and you're missing yeah. out mm. they're really it, you know um, help me i feel i feel oppressed by that oh yeah <sighs> I, like, I literally had a stand-up yelling fight with my dad the other day um, about um, about privilege because he rolled his eyes and went, "Oh, privilege, you so what?" And I'm like, um, "I don't. You, you you guys in America probably don't know much about Australian history, but you know we had a thing called White Australia policy, and for a large part of our history, we allowed we actually the government subsidised white European people to come and colonise here." Um, and Malcolm I'm a direct said. descendant of someone. Yeah, I'm a direct descendant of someone that came up across from England as a ten-pound bomb. Was subsidised by the government and uh, given all of these privileges, and then to, to say that they don't um, experience privilege, it, it blows my mind. The very reason I live in this like wealthy country uh, with all the freedom is because of racism. That literally, I live every day. Uh, uh, in the privilege of a racist policy that allowed my parents to be subsidized to come here, and they are like just I, they're like uh, don't they don't they upset whenever you mention it. I do believe that Mel Gibson's family came to your country under that same program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so All many, right. so many people. Good, good, good yeah. segue. We've got, we've got a good <laughs> segue about um, changing attitude. Changing attitudes and changing of minds. So we're going to jump into a little section I like to call The View From Here. Now, we've been giving our points of view all day long, but um, the, the reason we're going to talk about this topic is because we have um, have a couple of really different and interesting shows that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'll talk about another one later, but we have another episode of Real Talk Roundtable coming up all about self-care and mental health. Now, um, yes, mental bitch. health is, is seems to be a buzzword that that is... I don't know, has been picked up in the last probably, what, two to three years and 
carries a lot of connotation with it. Um, I wanted to discuss today how your mental health journeys individually have informed the way you're living your life today. Mm -hmm. Because I think, give it, it 20 years ago, we were, you didn't talk about your mental health issues. You didn't talk about anything like that. Mm. You just went to the doctor, got some pills, or you went home and felt sad. Um, or you now, killed yourself. Yeah, exactly. Man, you don't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, Tim, with well, I I know your story, but if you want to start out, you can go for it. Go for gold. Sure. Um, uh, I, I was talking to Steve earlier. Like, I'm I'm someone who's now very out about um, my own personal journey with um, clinical depression and anxiety and uh and am really passionate about this so i um uh and in uh as a um sort of in my 20s uh just uh going to the doctor just going and seeing my gp saved my life um and starting on a on a journey towards mental wholeness and mental health um and particularly in our culture in australia and i'm sure in the us and elsewhere and especially in our very toxic masculine sort of uh, culture, we don't talk about stuff like that. And um, and so it, absolutely, what well, as I just said, it's stigmatized. And so we have this idea that um, we're somehow less than um, because we struggle with depression. Or And in the background I come from in the church, in, in religion, it, it's, it's even further in, in a sense that, that not only are you broken as a person, but you don't have your, your walk with God isn't good enough for you to be better. And so therefore you're obviously not Christianing it good enough. And so you end up on the outer, you end up being seen as sort of somehow less spiritual or broken or what, whatever. Um, uh, so part, a lot of, part of the, re, uh, of me leaving the church and sort of coming away from that is actually, um, me being open about the help that I get with my own mental health, uh, because that's completely unacceptable in that worldview. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so for me now, um, it used to be very black and white mental health was you were either mentally unwell or, you know, or you're fine. Uh, but for me, mental health is, is about the, about, positioning yourself towards wholeness. It's actually the orientation of your life towards wholeness. That's what mental health is. It's not about being okay all the time. Um, so learning to orient myself in that benefits my mental health, that's mental health for me, even though I still experience depression and anxiety and those sort of things. Um, but yeah, that's it was really hard to just that, that be part of me uh, and be in that world that I was in because people just didn't understand. You don't talk about that stuff. It's true. Yeah, so absolutely. true. Uh, my journey, I spent most of my Well, Vera, you've, you've probably got a very different... Diff yeah, sorry. We've got, we're have we all tapping out at the moment, of course, <laughs> with um, the internet issues. That's okay. I'm having my turn now. Um, Vera, talk about... Because your, your every day is, is very different to other people's every day. Being a nurse and how do you how do you deal with that uh, well yeah 
I was going to say that my own journey started in my teens and 20s, where my insecurities and my anxiety and my depression ruled me to the point where I thought I was crazy and the rest of the world was sane. And it wasn't until my late 20s that I, I figured out that we're all a little bit crazy and that it's just a button that goes on and off in every one of us. And as my journey in life continued, I did end up where I am today, which is psychiatric nursing. And I spend my days working with people who are run down by the system. And as they said, it's so stigmatized. I mean, every time somebody shoots up a building, yes, Jeff, I know you have to be insane to shoot people with an AR-15. But the majority of people who have mental health issues Fuck are you. not shooting Fuck you. schools. They're not. I never said that, bitch. <laughs> never. Not once. I'm just saying mental health is the problem why people are shooting up buildings. Mental health is a huge part of it, but gun but, All right, so Jeffrey. Yeah, all right, but do we have more mentally, um, mental, do we have, uh, do you have a huge mental health problem in the US that we don't have in Australia? Because we don't have people shooting up buildings here. We, we, still we, have, have, we have a huge Hor gun uh, problem. We have a horrible medical institution with people. Sorry, sorry, Steve, sorry. <laughs> We're gonna do it. Now. I know I'm new here, and I'm stirring the hornet's nest. I'm I'm so sorry. No, Jeff, poke that bitch. Poke that bitch. No, <laughs> no, Jeff, Jeff, no, Jeff's very. Jeff is very passionate about mental health, and for good reason. Um, your your family background Ooh. is obviously fucking very cool, cool, like sure. very influencing of your point of view. But go for it. Well, listen, when you've got two grandfathers Talk to me about who tried to, well, one did put a cap in grandma's ass. The other one thought he killed the bitch and then killed himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a reason why you don't pass on your genetics. It's just not good. Mm. You know? So, yeah. but as a teenager being overweight, I tried a therapist. I went to this broad. I'm like, hello, hello. Here's the problem. She's like, let's do a pie chart. Was done with that. Didn't really work out. Tried in my 20s, went and got tried medication, was like, this is not fucking the one for me. So let it go for years and tried to deal with it on my own. Did vitamins, was blowing sunshine up my ass, whatever I could to try to like pull myself out of stuff. And it was real rough. And then certain things triggered in like an eight-month time span where it was like, you know what? Maybe it's time. Uh, and medication saved my life. I oh, I'm off it now. Uh, debating on, you know, what I'm gonna do going forward because they, I definitely struggle. Anxiety is a motherfucker, and it's mm. ever present with three children that have their own behavioral issues. So I'm constantly mm. anxious, and so I might have to go back on medication. But it's I think it's an everyday journey, right? You just try to take one day at a time and just. Well, try and get them can, I, can I say something uh, like on my perspective of medication? So for me, I'm, I'm someone who's been on some form of medication for depression and anxiety for 15 years now. And, for, and, and in a lesser degree now than when I was really quite unwell, um, medication gave me the space to do the work I needed to get better. That's kind of like, it was kind of like a, uh, like a safety vest. It kept me alive long enough to do the work to, to actually deal with some of the stuff that was, um, uh, it, so it wasn't so much that, you know, take the pill, now I'm better. It was sort of, right. uh, now I, I have enough space in my life and I'm, you know, I'm not in danger of hurting myself as much 
And so I can actually do the work. Um, uh, uh, I think also, Vera, you said something before. You said we're all a little bit crazy. Uh, and absolutely right. That realization that that the world's mental, you know, um, but also that just some of our coping mechanisms are far more socially acceptable than others. Yes. And that's why the yes. people who are mentally ill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, they, they in have this world. Um, and I don't know that, that, that medicine gave you that safety net, but there are people who will need to be on medication for the rest of their days, you know, and, and it I may be me. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it might be me. <laughs> yeah. And, my, and, my, my, my adopted dad, uh, he passed away a couple of years ago and he took his own life, but he, he, he talked a lot about, uh, he was a surgeon and he talked a lot about, he called his depression brain diabetes. And so it was, uh, and so he would, you know, he was trying to talk me through being okay with medication and being okay with like, cause it was always like, you take medication when you're sick. And, um, and, and it was almost like I'm, I'm less than, and he was like, well, we don't get down on diabetics for taking their insulin. Um, well, you know, this, it, this might be just something you take to just level the playing field between you and everybody else, you know. I had yeah, a I, very similar. I'm sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I had a very similar conversation with a um, Christian youth who was coming to the clinic, and he was talking to me, and he just broke down. He said, "God, why would God make me this way? I don't want to take these pills. It's not how God made me." And I just said, mm. "You know, can we think about this in a different way?" Can you think that maybe mm. God gave us the intellect to find these pills so that you could become the best possible you? And I just reframed mm. it for him. And to this day, no matter where I see this gentleman, he hugs me. He's just like so mm. happy that I reframed it for mm. him that this is probably God saved his life in his life, mm. you know? And mm. And, and that's what I needed as a 25-year-old, as a somebody to come and say, it's okay. Like, it's okay to take your medication. It's okay, you know, like, you're not a weirdo. You're not broken. Um, uh, and this is a, someone I really looked up to. He's an you know, like, amazing man. And he's like, I've been taking medication for 20 years. This is how I live my life. Uh, and just made it okay for me, which is part of what I want to do about being so outspoken about being someone with, clinical depression and anxiety because it makes it okay for someone else to talk about it. Yeah. And I, I think like for me, I was never anti-meds per se. I didn't like the ones that they had tried me on what it did to me. I wasn't mm -hmm. cool with that. And they just kept screwing up. So later on mm -hmm. when I was at I the think, point where, yeah, what the most important thing, the most important thing is I think what, what, what everyone is trying to say is that, when you know what you what you need, you're able to actually. And as Tim said, when and if if what you need is medication, it allows you the space to do the work that you need to do. But you've got to acknowledge that there's an issue and a problem first. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. having that kind of self knowledge and understanding that you need to care for yourself before you can care for other people and the world around you is a pretty deep thing that didn't happen 10, 15 years ago. Do you know what I mean? That mm. that was not the situation and the space that we're in. Mm. And there's, um, yeah, that's we have the a basis long way to go. of the of the real talk yes. roundtable. Oh, yes, yeah, we do have a long way to go. The conversation has started. So if you are someone like like Ace, who just said that finding our our show helped him 
with his mental health journey. That's amazing. But come and join us next week. Um, We've got a a really great show on self-care. It's, it's very, it's a very interesting show to set, um, to watch. I think we're moving in some very different directions, but they're conversations that need to be had. So um, I'm, I'm very proud that we're having them. Um, We're running overtime now. So we're going to (gasps) jump into a little section of the day that, you know, always gets us warm and fuzzy. It's called Beer Events. Any second now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The animation didn't play, but it's okay. Vera, how about you give us your vent in three, two, one. All right. I'm going to talk about one of the favorite wedge issues here in American politics, one that gets trotted out every two years when we have a national election, and that is abortion. Significant numbers of people in this country identify as pro-life. And I understand seeing the hashtag save the children, we're about the children, but uh, I want to throw out some numbers now. In 2017, there were 800,000 abortions in this country, the whole country. That number has only gone down because of the restrictive abortion legislation throughout the country. The total number of children in this country is 73 million. One out of seven children, 10 million children live in poverty. One out of six children, 13 million children live in hunger. An additional 5 million suffer from food insecurity. Now, you can tell me that you're pro-life all you want, but until I see you back, food stamps, social safety net, health care, and education for all, don't you dare tell me that you are saving the children. Because I'm going to tell you, you're a fucking liar, a fucking hypocrite, and pretty damn unchristian. Now, the death penalty. How many of you people that are pro-life support the death penalty? Is there anything more anti-life than the death penalty? No opportunity for redemption. No ability to grow or evolve. No ability to make amends. Just end your life. Including the death of mentally mentally ill and developmentally disadvantaged people who commit murders without any depth of understanding. And lastly, don't ever tell me you're pro-life if you refuse to accept climate change science. Because all life, every last bit of it on this planet will be over if we don't get our heads out of our asses mixed soon. Thank you. And that's why we love Vera. That's why we love Vera. Now, Jeff, before we finish up, we've um, you've been working on something behind the scenes that's going to be airing this week as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about the show that's airing on May 26th? Sure. We, We have the Maxwell family coming on, and they're talking to us about their journey with their son, Michael, who has autism and he's nonverbal. Uh, and what they've gone through, how he was diagnosed, what programs have worked for him. Um, you know, and they're in a city in an apartment. And when you have a child, special needs that can be destructive. It's hard to rent. 
child, like, you know, Michael needs to be outside, run free. So we're trying to help them reach their goal of raising $50,000 on a GoFundMe campaign. They've already raised 34000 so it's pretty amazing. So we're hoping we can push them over the edge. So check it out. Donate if you can. So, yep. We've got a little trailer. We've got a little cut trailer. Cut me off play, one more so. motherfucking time tonight, bitch, and I'm going to cut your balls off. <laughs> I'll bring it. I'm, I'm putting up your beautiful trailer. Just watch, watch your trailer, girl. I didn't make it. Just watch your trailer. <laughs> Tonight, we have a very special show for you. Oh, no. We I have Stacey and Bill Maxwell on with us. And we're going to talk about their story and their journey with their son, Michael, who has autism. And there he is in the background. Such a cute guy. <laughs> um, can you guys talk about... When did you first start seeing signs that something might not be right? I guess probably the first thing I noticed was he would like to like rock himself. Um, when he started standing and like pulling himself up and walking, he would want to just stand and like rock. And I thought that's kind of odd. And he was late to talk. I mean, he's still nonverbal, but he was late to even produce noise. Of course, now we didn't know back then that that's what it was, that he needed right. constant stimulation. But looking back on it now, he needed constant stimulation. By the time he was like three is when we started really going, we, we need to have this kind of further looked into. And, and, and that's when we really started working on all the things that we now, that now have become our life, <laughs> you know? And, and now we're starting to get to a place where we can figure stuff like that out. And that's all because of the ABA. It's all of that work coming together. So ABA is Applied Behavior Analysis, and it is the only scientifically proven method um, of helping individuals on the autism spectrum to learn the skills that they need to learn to be able to do whatever they want to do. So, yes, that is airing next week, uh, the 24th, I believe. So we've also got Real Talk Roundtable with self-care and the regular UCR show, UCR Live, next Friday in US. Oh, sorry, next Thursday, US time. So there's lots of love coming at us from you. We're out of time today. We're actually over time today because, you know, <gasps> we're great. <laughs> you know, we're so busy. We had a lot to talk about. Here's um, the secret. There is really no time limit. We can do whatever there the hell is we no want. time limit, which is why <laughs> I'm going to briefly talk about this uh, before we, as a palate cleanser. So, for those of us that are into a little bit of paranormal information, uh, the the world, the paranormal world's biggest bro invites us inside his haunted mansion. Discovery Plus are teaming up with the staunchest dude, <laughs> Supreme, Zach Baggins, to investigate the stories and claims behind his um, behind the items in his self-curated Las Vegas haunted mansion. The objects in Baggins' museum are said to have an effect over the visitors who have visited since the museum's opening in 2017. Um, there's various paranormal occurrences associated with the items, which includes a mirror once owned by Bella Lugosi. The episodes will be one hour each featuring on each item in the museum. So 
That'll be interesting. But the reason why we bring this up is because we're having some visitors again soon. I've been talking behind the scenes. And that's right, ladies and gentlemen, Anne and Renata will be joining us again on Uncensored Radio next month. They are always a hoot and a half. So if you're interested in anything to do with the world of paranormal amazingness or just really like a laugh, join us for that show as well. Um, thank you, Jeffrey and Vera and Timothy, for joining us today on UCR Live. Timothy. And we will see everyone again hopefully soon. Um, take care. Be kind to each other. And I don't know. Um, okay, don't lick thank- our plate. Thank you so much for having me. I told you to not call me Ellen Diller. Off the air. Off the air. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.